now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. G'day, thanks so much for getting our preview edition of the final day of Flemington Melbourne Cup Week. Wow, what a carnival it's been so far. Hopefully we can continue seeing him okay through the eyes of Vince Accardi from Daily Sexuals. Good morning, mate. Rolfie, what a... A week, what a week. All I can say is just wall-to-wall racing, plenty of work. I don't know how they find these extra 12, 13, 14 meetings in a week, but they they work it out. There's enough horses going around. I actually reckon they there's still not enough races. There you go. That's how many horses are floating around. <laughs> you, you done much clocking around the country at the moment? <laughs> Unbelievable. But I'm grateful, I'm happy, and, of course, it's even better and sweeter when you actually get victory. Hundred percent. All right, we're going to have a quick look at the five diamonds before we dive into the Flemington meeting. As promised, this is our our little bonus uh, race. Hopefully, the uh, as much as the uh, the Golden Eagle uh, was kind to us last week and the Mayor's race week before. So this is the five diamonds, a two million dollar race for five year olds only. Uh, it rose still over eighteen hundred meters. Uh, it's uh, it's got the favourite as Antino in the race. What uh, what are you expecting as far as the pace is concerned in the five diamonds, Vince? Yeah, well, I was just thinking then, Ralph. Do you reckon Volandis will come up with for 10-year-olds so they can keep horses up forever? <laughs> Mustard and flavour and sports oh, with these old, old warriors, yeah. I, I love it. I love it. Well, pace of the race. I'm looking at the dashboard here, Ralphie, and the grid's really indicating that the low's plus two, the high's plus seven. So wow. this is going to be a race with speed. I've pinned it at the moment, bare minimum plus two. Maybe plus four is more likely, but that's the range. Anywhere from as slow as plus two, as fast as plus seven. So uh, I'm reading on RaceNet the uh, the connection saying, yeah, th- thank this is a good race to get a, a low draw with Antino. The 1800 start at Rose Hill. Any quirks that uh, you should uh, get across to our punters? Uh, well, it is a bit of a challenge in the sense of this. The rail in the three positions is an awkward one at Rose Hill because the bottom line is this. When you're in the three position, you've got probably two or three lanes only to work with. Then you've got about a half a dozen lanes. In other words, let's say here's the fence, lanes four, five, six, because that's because the rail's in three. They're the optimum lanes. So if you're a leader and you can control the pace, that's extremely effective or a stalker. Back markers, what they tend to do in the medium-sized fields, they're going to occupy the next four or five lanes. And there's actually that, – that's the slowest part of the whole Rosehill track, Ralphie. You have to actually get 12 off the fence to get in the effective lanes. In this case, you have to be 10 off the fence, right, because the rail's in three. Yep. And if you're not tracking in those lanes or wider, you'll be disadvantaged. And I'm not saying it's not quicksand, but it's definitely a negative cautious about the race shape. Right. So as far as Antino is concerned, is it a case that we're, we're talking business here because uh, he's about $3. Um, we've tracked him really closely through the Melbourne Spring. Of course, he started off with a just a nightmare start at Flemington where he just jogged home in traffic. He won at Sandown with an okay run, but his goal his first short-term goal was the Turak. Clearly in the data in a high-pressure race, he peaked in his run 200 out and uh, attrition picked him off. Bit of a coma job watching last week, but more to the point, away from his unluckiness of the run, it was still a good quality performance relative to the, what's required from this field. 
yes. Well, the reality is this, Ralphie. The horse comes into the race with a plus 2.7 from two starts back. Yep. Third best of the day. Last start was plus two. A lot of the negative in terms of the overall score figure was to do with what happened between the eight and the 400. I mean, the horse losing around 2.6 lengths. The finish was blinding in that last run. Plus plus 4.4 last 200 or plus 5.6 last 400 metres. Just brilliant. As good as the horse could ever go. So everything sort of points very well for this horse. And this is a horse that obviously can be in a forward position and should, especially with Sam, you know, I'm just assuming with Sam on board, that that hopefully that's the intention to be in a very positive position. And if that happens, I don't know what's going to stand in its way. The horse should just be winning, Ralphie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, uh, I was trying to look through my prism of trying to see which type of horses could match him. Uh, and it, but given that you're saying it's going to be brutal up front, does that make it really challenging for the Waterhouse Bear? Zumon's got a plus 2.3 at Rose Hill over 2,000. You've got Huyamel back from a brutal Caulfield Cup three weeks between runs. Does that make it really hard for the, for the ones that are right in, that fast, in, the, in the front lead, part of the lead pack? I would say yes. Well, the good things is this, though, but it's just I'm so glad that the Waterhouse team are back to their brilliant best flag in the, you know, putting that flag out up front. Yep. Making the speed true and making it a contest, and that's what I'm expecting to see. I don't believe it's the right preparation for Zumon, but he's definitely the horse that should be one of a of a couple that are going to create create that high tension up front. Uh, of those uh, amongst the, uh, well, let's say let's say challenges, but it sounds like yeah, you're saying this is his race to lose Antino. But uh, detonated Jack seems a set to peak run, and so does Waterford. Uh, what, what's your sort of projections there as to what type of performance they they can bring, but also uh, relative to the race shape, likely race shape. All right. Well, first of all, detonated Jack. You're right. It is profiling in that direction. Everything's trending to one point. The, the last two runs in particular, if you have a look at the Rose Hill run over 1,400 metres on the 7th of October, it was a 1.1 above the, the benchmark standard, seventh best of the day, then went to Ramwick over 1,500 and was the third best of the day with 0.7 above. And it was a difficult time, a day to run time, Ralphie, so it wasn't easy. The way it dropped off in that race did give the indicator that this horse was still in need of a bit more racing, which was a, not saying a surprise, but just from this stable, the way they operate. Of course, if we go back to last campaign and we look at that Sandown run back yes. in January, you can see that's the real inside on the horse. This horse was like sensational with its last 400 metres. And why I want to highlight that, that is this, Ralphie. That was off a, a 16 lengths below benchmark first section. Now, the plus seven in isolation, you would look, you would look at it and you would say, this is the last 400 metres. You, you would say, well, that was a slow pace. is entitled to go hard. But just peel back one more run. Sandown mile. 1.4 above benchmark first section. Plus 5.1 last 400. So what I, why I'm pointing it out is, this horse can be extremely aggressive over the last 400, regardless of the speed. It's just got to be right. And 
they're masters, aren't they? These guys. You <laughs> can just are. imagine they've been they've, they've, the scientists have been out and they said, let's just make sure everything's perfect for this day, right? It's impossible to write the script any other way, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly how they're going to write. And the horse does have a plus two point seven, so a lot of respect has to be given for this horse. And I would say. Would have to be the better starting point than Waterford, right? Yep. I've been waiting for Waterford to do something, right? Like really do something. And has it done anything yet? What's your thoughts? Do you think it's done anything yet? No, it's it's, it's been very good at promising to do something. <laughs> well, this well, this is the thing. Early in the campaign, you could beat your chest on the way it was delivering performances like that one at Rose Hill on the 23rd of the 9th. The overall figure was plus 1.9. It was up from the previous run of around 0.8 of a length. And even myself, I was taking a position, okay, well, we've got a good horse here who could just climb to great heights. And then that last run... And there was no reason why. Oh, maybe there is a little bit of a reason. Maybe that in that speed early going 0.6 above did hamper it somewhat and might have felt that run a little from the start before, just the way it used its energy over the last 800 metres, which was around plus eight. Possible. But I'm just sitting back here saying, well, we've got to be, go up to 1,800. The only thing it's got in its favour, it's super fit T-Berry Waller. For that reason, it's the only reason why you would sort of keep it there, right? Yep. Without going crazy. But I thought the other runner that you had to really worry about was I, I like the way Faulkner Park went first up, Ralphie. Right. This is a nice prize. Yeah, this is the one that sort of caught my eye a little bit. I it's interesting how they've kept this horse. A few little insights here. Just the first nuggets this. On the ninth of the tenth, the Warwick Farm Barrier Troll. They came out and went six lengths below benchmark. I look at the breakdown. It was the first 400 metres was 12 and a half lengths below benchmark. The move between the eight and the 400, and this is the first sign, was around 12 lengths, which is an excellent squeeze if it's a horse that's sort of tracking or trending in the right way. And then a plus 1.3 last four. I thought that was beautiful. Comes out first up Ramwick, goes 0.5 below ranks in the top 10, and a five-and-a-half length improvement from the barrier trial. A decent blowout over the last 400 in conditioning of around 4.2 lengths, and now looks ready. Firstly, when I put my graph up, Ralphie, at the bare minimum, it's going to run to last campaign's performance of plus 1.1. But the way I'm looking at it, this horse is trending like two-and-a-half, three. So if that's correct and I'm sort of in that zone, then this is the big leaper. And it's a horse that's going to thrive on the step up and has a sensational 400-metre sprint, as good as any other horse in this field. And the last little caveat is it's got excellent sustained speed. So if the pressure's on, it's all good. The only reservation I have is this. Obviously, they've got to find the right lane. And yep. Chad Schofield is in the right form. Let's see. All right, well, that's $19 as much there, so that's one to consider. And I'll, I'll just finalise by say, asking you about the stable, mate, because uh, it's got obviously a different form in Jimi Hendrix. What, what level of talent have you been able to peg on him? Jimi Hendrix, yeah, yeah, yep. 
Jimi Hendrix. I beat 30 rivals at UK, in the UK, but I'm sort of trying to think. I don't know if there's a lot of depth for that that form, but, uh, but he, he then ran behind uh, Master of the Seas that then won a Breeders' Cup. So I think uh, Breeders' Cup form would be stronger than the winner here. Well, I'd say its chances could be enlightened if it was wet ground. and. Right. Is he in the music game, Jimi Hendrix? <laughs> he went all right. <laughs> it, that's where he should be sitting. All right. So you're not excited there. Okay. No, benchmark horse, Ralphie. Benchmark horse. Benchmark horse. Well, we know Antito's well clear of that. So Antito, it seems like, and the other value runners to consider, detonated Jack and Faulkner Park. We'll talk business tomorrow if there's anything different. Of course, we're recording this at uh, 5.30 Melbourne time. So uh, any information that changes, we will change our conclusion should it be the case. Okay. Fleming and final day. Uh, firstly, uh, our master man, uh, Liam O'Keefe, uh, worked his magic this week. But the rail's going out a fair bit now. It's out to nine metres. So as an overview, how are you expecting Fleming to play? Well, you know what happens when the rail's out nine, don't you? Up front. Up front's like gold. Yep. And if they're smallish fields, it's even bigger gold. Yep. So you, it's, you, the back markers lose their edge because you come around the bend, you're already in the lanes. Of course, I say that. But if you find yourself in a situation and you can be like another eight eight lanes away from the fence, then you start getting into really superior ground, and you could have a an advantage again, a fur, you know, a further advantage against the lead pack. But it really is all about that, Ralphie. It's a lot's got to do with the race pace, and if you're in a forward position. Oh, and my forward position is inside three legs. You're going to be dangerous horse to beat. All right. Well, we'll go in uh, in the in the order as the group one races appear, and that means we start from race six. The uh, this fabulous sprint race, and gee, it's a it's, it's a beauty. So absolute three star mares, but maybe there's a mega star amongst them as far as uh, Imperatrice is concerned. Firstly, the speed of the race in race six. What you what are you expecting? Yeah. Well, are they going to go slow, Ralphie? They should go benchmark plus two. Yep. Up the straight, small field. Where will they go? They're going to all stay together. I think so. Yeah, I I would think the same. And I reckon they're going to run up the middle of the track, and that might mean that we're a better chance of being like on that benchmark sort of pace. Yep. But I don't see it being lightning. I, I really don't believe it's going to be something extraordinary, and we're going to go plus four or five. But what could happen is that pressure could come on a lot earlier than normal. That That's a real possibility. Maybe it, it gets extremely hot after they've gone 400 and then it's just big sustained speed. So it's fascinating what the market's going to do here as well. So firstly, let's just talk about pure talent. Then we'll uh, look at some, some different angles of, uh, of how the market might treat the, the Fleming to 1,200. But Imperatrice, last four runs have all been on the tight Moody Valley circuit, but she has just came back in unbelievable fashion. What's your clock set? Well, yes, Rolf, you it's it's uh, interesting how you position that. I Yeah, they're tight circuits, but when you look at the – the last 400 metres, you'd almost be forgiven for thinking that this is like a super straight line speed horse. I mean, how on earth does the horse do this? First up, last 400, 8.6 lengths above the standard. Second up, Mooney Valley, 1,000, 9.3 lengths above the standard, last 400, right? And then, and that's, mind you, even that run two starts back, it's off an early speed of minus 1.6, right? So it's, it's good pace. Look at the combined speed, though. 
plus 14.5. And then last start, seriously, Ralphie, it's won the race. Could have been even flat, right? It's, it's a possibility. Uh, what I mean by flat, like this horse, there's no way it could have been in its absolute top is what I'm really trying to point out. And there yep. it is, up to 1,200 metres. It produces a 5.7 lengths above benchmark. Last 400, plus 5.4, off a race shape where this horse is travelling 0.7 above and creating it all. <laughs> and, and this is the thing. So coming into the prep, we didn't know if she was a thousand meter horse, but she busted the clock twice at a thousand, got to twelve hundred, and as you said, it was uh, it couldn't have possibly got to the bottom of her because it was dominant as an odds-on favourite, and maybe Boston just rolled forward and said, "See you later." So there's no way it was under full exertion. So everything points at uh, a, a, of a peak run here, yeah. Well, I, I see this. Yes, firstly, peak run. Hopefully, we're going to see exactly that. Secondly, I just can't help but feel that this horse is going to thrive on the straight line track. And lastly, we're probably going to see Australia's best mare. Like, I just feel this horse is going to demolish this competition. <laughs> That's pretty simple. Yeah, really, Ralphie. I'm just looking at what it did last start. It only has to bring the last run to sort of give the clear confidence that it's probably got half. That's only half length on the field, but I don't feel we've we've seen everything in that run. It was good, but I, I just can't help but feel there's more. And hopefully we'll see it. So the market's going to respect in secret, and rightly so. It's a, it's a yep. really, really good horse. And it's also a good Flemington 1200 horse. It's won two Flemington Group 1 uh, 1200s. One is a filly in the Cornwall, the other is a filly, of course, in the new market. And tragically, uh, that was Dean Holland's uh, Group 1 ride. Uh, and he nailed the brief on the day. And as we, we often uh, articulated at the time, that it was just an amazing race shape where the Bunsen burners came on at the 800 metre mark. They were, they were legless late, and she demolished the field. That was her talent level, but it was also her. Her, her target race that prep. This prep, her target race has been the, was the, obviously the Everest, and she's since had a tick over barrier trial. Uh, can she find another peak after an attempt at a peak last start where you know tactics or tactics and or race shape was against? Well, this is it, isn't it? I, I'm obviously very nervous about your setup to come into from an Everest and having a double peak. So, it's it's they're not high probabilities. That that's the way I'm looking at it. Now that run at Bramwick in the Everest, <laughs> seeing's obviously believing, but four point four links below benchmark first seven section. Maybe this is the saving grace that, that the horse didn't completely spill all the energy. Between the eight and the four hundred, it went plus four point two. It definitely spilt all the energy over the last four hundred with a plus nine point seven. It's by far the best the horse has ever gone in its life. And it was um, monumental in terms of the way it finished. It really was. And, of course, on any other day, maybe with a different gate or whatever, probably that horse, who knows, could have tested the victory. It's possible, right? But yep. it's it's a, it's a super horse. It's got a, a rock-solid sort of 5.2, 5.3 range. It loves 1,200 metres. It loves Flemington. There's, there's no – I've got zero knocks on the horse. It's even got the right rider. And if Imperatrice doesn't turn up and it's done or doesn't get over the last start or something like that is all yeah. I can think of, right, then 
surely in secrets the next place to go. With the caveat, though, is it going to be able to repeat what it did at the Everest? Is it? Is it really going to be able to do that? Is this an afterthought? Well, it wasn't the target. We know that. So in Peritrees, this is the target. In, in secret, the target was the Everest. There's no question that. But the question is, can it, can it, uh, can it uh, reheat, reheat the uh, soup? So the boys there, you know, obviously they all get in their room there and they think, oh, well, might, well let's have a crack at the stumps. Well, if Imperatrice wasn't there, then that would look uh, like a nice strategy. Even then, I still question because you do got to take – I just feel you've got to take a length or two away. Yeah. That, that That's what I'm seeing. I mean, look at the cylinder, what it did, right? Yep. And cylinder's run wasn't even as horrendous as In Secrets was, right? As far as full exertion. Yeah, yeah. He's, the extension of Vinsuka was phenomenal. So I'm just sort of sitting here saying, that doesn't mean you can't get yourself on the podium because, well, actually it does mean you can't get on the podium because this is actually a, an excellent race and it, and it does require you to have a talent level that is somewhere at the bare minimum four or better. And if you can't deliver that, you're definitely not getting there. So you, you run off your most eventual Star Patrol and S4, and uh, obviously it sounds like you're pretty bullish about Imperatrice, so we won't spend too much time on it. But just in reality, Star Patrol, really good Fleming and 1200 horse. Could be a peak run coming here, and his peak run's at a pretty good level. Well, this is a test. This is We've always been excited about this horse, Rolf. You know that. I know that. We can go back a long way when this horse has put in a, you know, a, a booming performance up the straight. We do need to see that, and I feel that horse could deliver that. But is that going to be enough, or is it going to rely on? I just feel everything you have to come back and say if it, you know they're relying on Imperatrice not turning up. Yeah, but for, for our people taking the multis, because the other thing is too, as for, uh, I've mentioned this before on the on the Monday pod to you, Vincent, you agreed that what Henry Dwyer's done with this mare has been remarkable. It's been a mini nature strip because early doors, there's no way in a fit you could run 1,200, but now she's relaxing in the run, and particularly up the straight, maybe that's her chance to be able to get it if she gets an even race shape. All she has to do is hold her figure, she'll probably be in the finish uh, as far as one, two, three, uh, two or three. <laughs> yeah, for, for sure, Ralphie. And, and these are, it's a horse that you have to respect. It's going to be up the front if they're running in the middle of the pack. It's no, it's not going to be any easy horse to run down. I'm sure Star Patrol is going to be the very first horse to test it. And where do you reckon Imperatrice is going to be, Ralphie? <laughs> Ready where, to go where do you, where, yeah, it, it's, it's so well in secret, right? Yep. And then we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, it'll be since you know sensational four-way finish. Uh, but you know, of course, I'm hoping Peritrees. No, I'm just looking at facts, Ralphie. The reality is, they're all there to run second, third, or fourth. And I don't want to make it complicated. And I don't want to complicate myself, right? Because yeah, I can start looking at all the angles, and you can start procrastinating. And the minute you start procrastinating, retire from the game of life. <laughs> Not just horse racing, life in general. <laughs> just sit back in the corner, get on that rocking chair and just look at the stars if you can see them. Do a bit of say, I'm done. I'm done because you'll be confused. Righto. Well, we need some clarity for race seven, though. What a good race this is. There's seven horses, but oh, the, the, at the top of the tree, three beauties. Mr. Brightside, Alligator Blood, Fangirl, of course, all coming back from the Cox Plate where it was just such a, a brilliant race. Uh, Fangirl was the luckless runner. We've seen the best of Mr. Brightside. We've seen the best of Alligator Blood this prep. Does Fangirl get a chance to show her best? And, of course, we've got Pride and Jenny up front who there's a chance she might be flat fits. 
Well, I don't know anymore. I horses, <laughs> Mark Camp. I, I don't know, Ralphie. I, I will not. This is like Waterhouse uh, 2.0. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I'm not a possibility they can come out of my mouth. Not not with them, anyway. All prior to Jenny specifically. I mean, this horse has been excellent. And, you know, I'll f- be forever in love with that horse now. So <laughs> yes. I, I, I'm not going to throw any rocks at it. But I will not be on its side tomorrow. Right. No. That's that's a definite. What a card. What a race this is. And I've been waiting, I guess, all week to see, you know, back-to-back great, you know, competition. And this is certainly one of those races, Rolfie. Fangirl. Oh, did you see what happened last night in the Cox Plate? <laughs> it's a bit hard to hard to miss if you uh, if you thought she was a bit of value. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they don't pay for past the line, right? Unfortunately, no, maybe no, maybe don't pay for shooters. Do you reckon Valandis could come up with an idea and say, "Look, anyone that's fifty meters past the post, there's another prize. <laughs> <laughs> that's like an extra, bonus, you know, like a ro- a rider's bonus or something." Yeah, why not? <laughs> but yeah, but Fangirl, all things aside, Ralphie, the pr- performance was excellent. This is, again, a race where we've got this scenario. It's a small field. It should still pack some decent speed, one, because of Pride of Jenny. Even if it's uh, flat from the last start run, it still means we're going to be running better than Benchmark, right? Yeah. Because probably the horror story would be this. What happens if you run six to ten lengths below Benchmark for some crazy reason? Yep then that would make this a chaos race, right? And I'd say anybody that's further back than three or four lengths is almost gone. Like, how will you, you know, pick them off? Particularly with nine. Yep, yep. This, yep. So this this is definitely the the ugly side of the race. I'm not forecasting that, but it has to, you know, the opposite side of the coin has to be looked at and considered because it's small field, alligator blood coming off a, a huge run. There's no way that horse is going to go fast. It's just going to sit with the pack. It, and if it happens to be the leader for whatever reason, then it's going to be slow. Prior to Jenny, oh, I would love it if they could set the trend. I would be the happiest man on the planet if they set the trend. Would. You would think they would want to. Like whether the horse is capable or not, or how, how much flatness, even though, as you say, she's an iron horse, you would think they'd say, well, it worked for you last week, Deck. Where you go again? Yeah, um, um, yeah. It's. I mean, when it went that thirteen point seven, maybe it was the soft track to start after because it was heavy that day at Ramwick, and the horse only went six point two. That's possible, right? Yeah. And then, you know, if I go back further in the history, it really hasn't had that opportunity. But every time it's gone big, the subsequent run's been dramatically slower, right? So I do have to give a bit of respect to what the intel is saying, Ralphie, that it is going to be dramatically slower. And this is probably the nature of the horse. And it's a fast backup, right? It's not like we're backing up 20 days later. There, you know, There's no way the horse could have the freshness, right? It's just yeah. hard. Yeah. But it's an iron horse. And hopefully they're you know digging into it and really asking it to go and make it a true test. Uh, but I, I do sit here and say we could go benchmark, Ralphie. With it, there is this chance of that. I, I just see it, and that benchmark then could equal minus one to three, right? Yep. 
Um, yeah, it's possible. So you would think the alligator blood stalks it, whatever happens. Yep. yep. And uh, and what Mr. Brightside is Craig's right underneath both of them. So Mr. Brightside was too good for alligator blood in the Maccabi. It was a walking tempo that day that you're saying is is not an impossible an impossibility of happening. But also they were really in their prep. So uh, you know, alligator blood sits at a couple of iron races. At, uh, sorry, one iron race at, at Caulfield, and then they're both in the finish of the Cox Plate. Well, Fangirl is unlucky. Is there an opportunity here tomorrow for you? Oh, there's definitely an opportunity. Oh, definitely, it's Fangirl, right? Like, sorry yeah. if I didn't bring any clarity to that, right? Yeah, that's that's exactly where I'm pointed. Although I do have a little bit of a split decision because I, I have some sort of a feeling that this is why I've been breaking the mind to understand under what race shape does the inevitable match or test fangirl. And this is the pace, right? The yeah. faster they go, the higher my comp. Like if I was super confident they run uh, plus two, plus six, it's all chips in fangirl, right? All chips in if they run benchmark minus three, not sure anymore because of the inevitable. Because that inevitable's got an unbelievable four hundred meter sprint. Like it is phenomenal. And uh, is this Damien's last day of riding? <laughs> I was just looking that up. Yes, oh, he's, yeah, well, it's he, his he, last day of riding at Flemington. But uh, yeah, I'd say, uh, and uh, no disrespect to anyone putting their life on the line doing the caper, but I would say Damien Oliver's a, a, a significant jockey change. <laughs> On this horse, oh, and, he, and he's the right, he's the absolute 100% right rider for it. Now, now this the inevitable doesn't have the same talent as Fangirl, and I do now peel back the whole thing about what we talked about when Brightside you know fell short in its last run. And I yep. was asking myself the question could there be, is there anything, what's the real gap between Brightside and Fangirl? What's the real gap? I, I'm I'm sort of tending to feel that Fangirl could be – well, maybe tomorrow's the day that it takes the mantle away from Imperatrice. I'm not sure who's the best mayor. Is it Imperatrice? Is it Fangirl? That, that's where I am on a – so I'm looking at class here, right? Yep. Brightside was Cox Plate. I, I don't see Brightside improving. In fact, I don't want to be with Brightside under any circumstances tomorrow. Not because it's not equally the best horse in the field. It's just it's had its peaking performance and it was a big run coming back to 1,600 metres. Everybody's throwing confetti around thinking they can just pick up races. I'm not sure about that. That's why I'm sitting back here saying there's probably three horses that I worry about. Inevitable fangirl. And I'm not putting Victoria Road in the rubbish bin either. And the reason why I'm saying that is this. If Fangirl also came out of the Cox Plate and did lose a level of energy, even though it was all sort of contained and didn't get the, the total uh, you know, e- e- energy exertion like we, in other words, it didn't completely deplete it. So there was something there. But still, it could have a little bit of a, a smother on it, especially if the pace is going to be a bit awkward, then Victoria Road, forgive last run, it's got a rock-solid plus four, because I, I do feel this is where we're going to end up. We're going to end up around that plus four range. Yep. And this is a big leaper, and I do like shit on it, obviously. And it's just just going to be there everywhere, right? And I'm, I'm staying away from Brightside and Alligator Blood, who, you know, probably look the obvious. 
Wouldn't be surprised if Fangirl starts favourite tomorrow. There's, a, there's another little stat that I think the robots will love. Jay Mack, written her four times. Guess how many times he's won on a <laughs> four? Yeah, well, that, that's got to be the place, right? Exactly. And I'm taking nothing away from Zach. I mean, Zach couldn't do a damn thing. Yeah, up, locked up happens. on the fence. He was looking for the dream run. It didn't happen. Yeah. All right. Uh, so that's it concludes there. Uh, and the end of the Group One stage of Fleming and tomorrow is race eight. The uh, the oh, let's call it the old McKinnon Champion Series. I think I think it's called Tab Champion Series now. But uh, this again is a fascinating race. We've got West Wind Blows having his third start in Australia. This track, this distance. He ran second to Gold Trip. It was phenomenal on the day in the Turnbull. Since ran second in that war to uh, oh, that's that's held up right. That form with him without a fight since winning the Melbourne Cup. He's the favourite. The old boy Zaki's going to lead, and uh, and but we've got uh, some very very talented mares. I'm just going to include four of them, even though there's only three in the market. And that is uh, Duar, Tissue, Prowess, and Montefilia that I'm going to ask you about as well. So, uh, firstly, pace wise, what do you think the race will unfold? Well, the indicators is this: if we look at the trend line. Even if I go look at the last two runs of the the field from last start, again we're looking rock solid. Plus two, that looks rock rock solid. Two plus three, that's that's where it really is. Could there be a chance of a plus eight? No, because I look at the run be, the run before and I look at the profile of the horses and and they're prob- the data is indicating outlying points around plus five. Yep, a small field, good speed good speed and probably the big key is there that 21 days with west wind blows is going to ensure that we're going to have some genuineness about it because zaki i know he's going as good as ever but he'll just he'll blend to the race shape he's no longer going to be that horse that's going to have this um you know like this enormous acceleration from the beginning and you know travels at plus six seven or eight that's gone right the horse knows it's gone so we'll talk business tomorrow and when you've had a chance to really uh, compare your thoughts to the market, but as far as, far as uh, business is concerned. But um, but most advantage, early edition, Dua, a tissue, West Wind Blow, Zaki, Modophilia. So uh, Dua, faultless in the Cox Plate. It's got to be the starting point. And I just look to the left and I go, wow, Damien Oliver again. Oh, it's a fair wheel group one right at Flemington. Oh, it's hard not to look at this narrative. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, I'm just sitting there. Well... I, I know it's weird. I know one. I haven't had a dream or anything, but I do have a belief about you know, just that that whole system of life, right? Yeah. And you say, yeah, but you know, you should just read it. You know, the stars are aligning. Well, that's what it looks like. Right? It looks like that. It looks like the stars are aligning. I mean, the run last start of Juaz Ralphie, and I'm just going purely off facts, right? Yep. And there it is, three point nine. 10th best performance of the day. And I look at the breakdown. Magnificent uh, switch from the run before Corford. The run before Corford was going 5.3 above benchmark first section. Denying knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> and, and now, in its subsequent starts, going 2.1 below. So, seven and a half length in turnaround and speed. Yep. In the mid-race, it was very comparable to the run before. And the difference is the reverse energy. How much the horse had benefited from that Caulfield run. And, and there it is, just a booming 5.5 last 400 you know this horse is no matter what's going to be in the strike zone there's no way this horse is going to turn for home and it's eight off him this horse is going to turn for home and damien's going to be probably five off him worst case scenario now that might be a little bit too far right 
because yep. you probably need to be closer to three. But I'm hoping there's a bit of power in, in the race through the first half and therefore you can be five or six lengths off him and reel him in. And Damien, where do you think he's going to go? He's 100% going to turn for home and he's going to track the widest lane that, he's, that he can without losing ground, right? Yep. And that could have him 16... He might even be an eighteen. You just, just he's just such a master for him to go and watch him what, what he does, and that's that's what I'm visualising with him. And, he, and if he repeats the last start, then he will not. Well, I was going to say he's not going to miss the top three, but he's definitely won't miss the top four because uh, it is a tight race. But I have to say he's the starting point with the tissue. They're the two horses I really like. So both these horses have won features at Fleming in 2000. Uh, do I won the Australian Cup, Fleming in 2000, and a high-quality performance. So was a tissue's performance at this meeting last year when it won the Matriarch. So we'll get to the Matriarch, which is race five today. But uh, that was a real good run when it beat uh, Steinem, and uh, that announced her as a, as a horse that, uh, that you had to uh, say was a genuine talent. What's your forecast tomorrow? Yeah, well, this is the horse that probably, if you look at the, the setup and the build-up and what Waller's done, it's probably the classic uh, footprint you need to be coming to your peak because Jewess is coming off, you know, it's had a bunch of runs off 70 days. West Wind Blows has been up since, I think, May, Ralphie, right? It's yeah. a long, long time. But a tissue, no, right? This horse is coming right up to its top. Last start, 2.4 above. Second best performance of the day. And it's set to run to the 3.9. Like, I'll be shocked if that horse doesn't run somewhere very close to that, if not that number. Uh, could it go better than that? I'm, I'm not sure, right? <sighs> Nothing's impossible, right? But the reality is this is probably the horse that has the perfect blend into the race. And, and realistically, when I'm just sitting back now, just I know we'll talk about it a little bit more tomorrow, but I'm just sitting back here saying, that price isn't right, West Winds Blow. Sorry. What what is it? Two and a half dollars or something? That's yeah. that's no, that horse should be if if the next horse is six dollars, that's where that horse should be. Six dollars. Right. Because um, if I was a bookmaker, under no circumstances could I have this horse favourite, unless I want to take the cus customer's money. <laughs> I want to, if I want to find some people that are, you know what it's like? It's like this, knowing that in an hour's time, they're going to sell the meat at the market for $2 a kilo as opposed to five, but they're going to try and grab as many $5 a kilos as they can, right? <laughs> so might as well grab what you can because I just see one thing happening, winding out, right? Because that's, that's, it's actually bullshit, that price. There you go. Right. <laughs> So, and I'll tell you, there's there's, gonna, there's another reason the market won't like it, and that that's the jockey. Um, he won his first he won his first race at Flemington that he rode at, which was uh, I think it's Melbourne uh, Derby Day. It was Derby Day 2013. Since then, he's had 20 Flemington rides for zero wins. The robots won't like that. Yeah, that's okay. That's an interesting uh, angle, observation. I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going well, to. This is the fact. I mean, yeah. Yeah, no, no, it's yeah. a fact. Yep. And I love that. But that's probably further testament than $2.60 is just what a load of crap. <laughs> okay. Now, prowess, um, we did say after after uh, Antino was unlucky. We've covered Antino. Um, but don't underestimate this runner. Have we got a ceiling on it yet? Yes. Well, prowess. <sighs> Well, it's it's it, no, we don't have a ceiling on it. Is probably the the correct way of uh, positioning it. No, we don't. And it's already 
outstrip what it did in New Zealand. So that's that's the sign, right? We are going a hell of a lot better, and the two point three is probably unfair. The only thing I didn't do is while I'm looking right, I just I should look at just just one have one have a bit of a look at this matrix to see if, if there's more off that uh, last uh, run or not. Here we go. So Prowess, when it did win, um, yeah, okay. the Mooney Valley performance in a, in isolation was uh, 2.3 lengths above benchmark, and and the point being that when it uh, when it won, it's only uh, only Australian run prior was at Rose Hill, and that day it was 2.1 lengths above benchmark. So uh, that was a really good sign that it could return to that second up, and it's a horse that needs clean ground, is what we've seen. Yeah, well, this is the other horse then, without a shadow of doubt. Firstly, it's the horse that's in the golden spot. Yep. Secondly, it's got the the you know on fire rider, right? On fire rider, just seeing everything to perfection, right? Absolutely yep. seeing Zara. everything. Yep, Zara. So that's another big plus. And then I'm just looking at that Mooney Valley run. The matrix is indicating that there's at least three quarters of a length that that score could go up by. So that's around plus three. But it's just interesting that two point four length dip. Can you go to plus four for sure, for sure, for sure? And I, I, I can say pretty candidly right now, even though it's not sitting in the MAs, it will be tomorrow. Yep. And and we'll just finalise with Montefilia because this is a horse. So they 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 had a look at the Corfu Cup, rightly so. First prep with Waller. I actually put this in Sizzlers for this reason. I just thought, well, you got such an outlier race shape in the Caulfield Cup. You just couldn't keep up. You're a good – there's nothing to say you can't run 2,400 in a normal situation, but it was a brutal 2,400, and she just lost side of the lure. But her Rose Hill win was pretty serious to start prior, and she's got performance this track, this distance. Yeah, probably looking for that slow race shape, right? Yep. To uh, be extremely damaging. If you can get that, if you can get that even speed, slightly slower, that would be uh, awesome for this horse. It, you know, I, I would, if this horse won, would I be surprised? No, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I would just say, okay, it, it's got a rock solid three and a half to its name, so I can't sit here and say no. What a contest! Wow, it's a, it's a super race. It's it's a, it's, it's a super race, Rolfi. Yep, it's a super race. Sorry, I'll just clarify that it, it's it's two thousand profiles rock solid. Hasn't got a Fleming in two thousand run, but there you go. Um, so we'll we'll round off there. Just uh, with the, with the matriarch to wind off the uh, the features. That's race five in the program here. So to my knowledge, fast horse up front. Uh, how are you seeing this race shape? But on a quick backup. <sighs> yeah. Well, there you go. Two runs back. Well, three runs back. It goes two minus two point one. Then it goes nineteen six above, and then last out it's ten point six. This is another super fast horse, isn't it? Yeah. So, what are we going to expect? Are we going to expect this horse to go slowly? Oh, no, I, I feel this horse will run. Will run along at a really good speed, and it should be. Well, goodness me, it can't be less than benchmark, can it? It just can't be. So it's benchmark. And then as fast as, well, Jamie Carr, man. So I'm just thinking, why do I market average? Yeah, Jamie Carr's the average. Yep, yep. She's she's the one that's going to put the 
the Bunsen burners off. Yeah, for sure. You know, so, you're saying so. So just for you're saying that she'll just roll at the at the temp, tempo required. Yeah, that's all yeah. she's going to do. She's not into let's play the game and let's put a space in and make everybody feel pain. Yeah. Right. No, no, no. She's not going to do that. Now I know they were in a situation last start where, where it was it was high high tempo race. Right. That's different. That this isn't a high tempo race. So she'll be a lot more orderly. But still, I'm saying that to you, Ralphie. That may still mean benchmark plus four, right? Yep. Yep. So, so just by, by, by normal speed, it's it's fast. By her speed, it's not. That's correct. <laughs> correct. Yeah. All right. So do you, do you think she's going to be hard to run down? Has to be. Yep. Has to be hard to run down, especially with, with uh, Jamie Carr on board. She's excellent in terms of the way she can rate horses and she can do it very well from the front as well because she doesn't get into that uh, scenario of, well, I'm just going to, you know, just run faster than what I should. It's just going to allow the horse to be the horse and usually that means hard to beat because if you come off a run and you run, say, six, seven lengths slower, you could have a decisive advantage of energy over the last three or four hundred, and it is a horse that just keeps. Wa- it just it, it's a, it's a tough bastard. <laughs> she doesn't lie down to deny knowledge, so uh, she was actually increasing again on the line uh, on Saturday. Amazing. Um, pride of Alsace, Al- Al- let's call it um, from uh, from the New Zealand AC lineup. Well, it's a fair horse, Ralphie. <laughs> At the moment. Her, her profile is sitting like minus three benchmark. That's her profile. Now, as weird as it sounds, like initially when I was going through, I said, well, you're going to have no hope, right? But then I look at the, the requirement, Ralph. You, you just need benchmark to be in the money. And and I look at it and say, okay, J-Mac's on board. It's going to be in the stalking role. We talked about it right at the start of the, the podcast that this is – an advantage if you can be inside that three-length zone. Well, that horse is definitely going to be in that zone. And it's on the up. Yep. It is absolutely on the up with no ceiling. I'm probably curious to see, like, how – how this will be a good testing race to see where do you really sit in the, in the big scheme of things. Uh, we, we've been talking about peak runs. We always do on this type of show where we do uh, big races. And, gee, this looks like Steinem's grand final. Last year, ran second in this race uh, that, that we that we mentioned earlier. It was it was, it was was a pretty serious race on the day when uh, when a tissue won. And uh, that set her up to run very well in Perth when she was uh, subsequently group one placed there at, uh, at Ascot. So what, what type of figure do you expect from her tomorrow? And Johnny Allen has been her rider all the way through. Oh, you make me laugh, Rafi. I, I could swear where you got shares in this. <laughs> you got shares in this because it doesn't matter where it is. Yep. Ralphie knows it's there, right? It'll never escape you, this horse, right? And well, let, let me be, say she doesn't owe me anything from that sand air win. No, and I'm and I'm saying good, right? Because yeah. the horse on its day's got a plus one point nine, and that would be good enough to put this field away, right? So right. that's that's how we've got to look at it. That's the reality. And it wasn't that long ago when the horse produced a 3.1, which is what you're talking about, right, at yeah. Sandown back in February. It's been a steady climb for this horse. And, oh, goodness me, John, that's my team. <laughs> you, you can see it. You can see it, can't you? You can <laughs> see it. That this is, this is the race, isn't it? If you're going to yep. win, and then would, would they go to Perth after this? Uh, oh, I'd say so, given they did last year, yeah. Well, what a beautiful race to win. 
So I, I have kept it on the line at, at the moment, like just on the first cut of the MAs, and I'm just sitting here, uh, underscored, don't be surprised tomorrow if this horse is at the top of the charts. And then uh, we ran off in your most advantage, and these two horses ran against each other. I thought you are absolutely set for Chris Waller to win the Matriarch Philosophile. Uh, it ran second, Osmos ran third, but here we go, race shape. Waterhouse bot, barrier one Osmos, probably stalking the lead. Uh, where does uh, Thalassophile end up in the run, particularly with uh, K Mack, who, uh, who, who can uh, ride the, uh, the quiet race, if you like? Well, everywhere you look, the horse should be in a good position, yep. unless for some unknown reason, oh, yeah, maybe. Maybe they. it's possible they could be out the back to near last, isn't it? That's what I meant. Hmm. Yeah, okay, well, if that's the case, well, they're definitely going to be hoping for some speed, Ralphie, right? That's, that's what they've got to hope for. Karen will be hoping there's some speed because yep. then what it'll be able to do is – because you've got to remember, if you start out the back in a 2,000-metre race and let's say you're spotting him 12, that's not the handicapping position. The handicapping position is can you get inside the six-length zone approaching the 800-metre mark? And I would say if there's no pressure – then that could be really bad news for that horse. But if they roll along, which is what I'm expecting, then why couldn't Karen just keep creeping and put himself in a fantastic position from the 800 to the 400 and then give himself a winning chance? You'd have to say that's got to be a big possibility. And it's another horse. Well, you know, I'm saying to you, Rolfie, that it's coming to a top, but... I'm not sure these days how everybody's changing their strategies, but have a, let's think about this. Oh, I'm thinking about it right now. 12th, the 11th, 22, it was resuming off 91 days and it's gone all the way through and then it's had another 98 days. Well, I'm sure we'd have had some time out. Uh, I've, got to, I've got to just take Waller on trust, Ralphie, that this horse is, you know, it's a clean prep and building to this race. All right. Uh, so as far as your most advantage is concerned, you're, you're saying you think you've, you've got to be promoting Steinem by tomorrow? Oh, 100% I'll be promoting yep. that horse tomorrow for sure because I'm just looking off the dashboard. It's, it's coming off the uh, standard run line and hasn't been adjusted upwards and it needs to be. Yep. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll finalise by asking you just one question about one other race. Uh, we'll talk business yeah, tomorrow if need be. What can you tell me about race two, about unusual cultures barrier trial coming into this? Because uh, I'm just looking at those colours. They like where to get flabbered. <laughs> so, and, so unusual culture. She's got a big finish. We know that. Barrier trial looked good. And she's $23. Is there any chance this is the come to play early run? Let me have a look, Ralphie. Jesus. <laughs> Where does it Where I just want to see if I can find a little nugget for our people. Oh, you're looking for a nugget for yourself. Right. Hey, I'm a selfless man. You know yeah, that. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, I'm just asking a question. <laughs> <laughs> but well, you can't take self-interest. No. Well, here's the thing. First, I've got to look at what's required to win. You, you probably do have to break benchmark, right? Yep. I mean, that's 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 the starting point. Uh, is this horse going to do it first up 1,200? Miracles can happen. But I'm going to say, if you can create the miracle, Ralphie, with that uh, stable, then bless you all, right? For me, 
I ain't taking a penny of the $23. There we go. Nice and simple. All right. A little nugget to finish with there. Okay. Really appreciate you being a customer of Year Round Carnival. Of course, we'll talk business tomorrow. Any late scratchings uh, or any scratchings, full stop, we'll be able to cover, as well as having a look at the uh, at the five diamonds there if there's any changes to our thoughts there. So in the meantime, really appreciate uh, you supporting our work on Year Round Carnival. Thank you.